Welcome to the Purpose Driven Educator Podcast, a show that explores what motivates educators to do their life's work. Here's your host, Dr. Jeffrey Miller. Well, welcome back to the show. I wanted to start this episode with a question. Uh, Would you consider yourself a confident, courageous leader? And if you do, do you feel that way all the time? Most likely you don't. Most of us don't feel that way all the time. It's a very natural thing for us to have swings in our confidence. But we all know that we need to strike a proper balance in self-confidence, especially as educators, because we have such an awesome responsibility of shaping and molding the minds of young people. And in fact, we're helping them to build the right confidence in themselves. Well, from my experiences, the biggest problem with building confidence is that it requires a focus on self. This focus on self becomes problematic because we can easily overestimate and underestimate our abilities. After all, it's very easy to start comparing ourselves to others without taking into full consideration the context of someone else's background, experiences, and other opportunities and challenges in their lives. Well, in this episode, I had a conversation with a very inspirational leader, Dr. Roosevelt Nivens, the superintendent of Community ISD in North Texas. In this episode, he shares his own personal story of overcoming and triumph as he developed self-confidence and inspires others around him to do the same. Of who I am, first, you know, my daddy gave me his name. Mm-hmm. I love him, and so I'm not gonna ever do anything to mess up his name. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, you know, I played football in college, and football really was not my calling. Uh, mm-hmm. I excelled at it, I excelled at it, and got paid to do it and play a little pro ball. But mm-hmm. um, football was hindering my spiritual life, football was my God, mm-hmm. and so. And so I think that's why the Lord took it from me was because I was putting it above him. And my bigger purpose or my bigger calling was education. So I come from a family of educators. My parents both did it. My mom did it 40 years. My dad did it 48, 49 years. Um, And so when I went to college, I majored in education only because my daddy told me to. Hmm. That's how much respect I had for him Mm because I was in finance. And uh, Mm -hmm. He said, nah, boy, you're an educator. That's what we do. That's in our blood. <laughs> I said, yeah, you know, that's what you think. You know, I'll be obedient. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, you know, so I got hurt playing ball and started teaching in South Dallas. And, mm-hmm. Man, fell in love with it day one. Hmm. Just the impact that you have on kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see, um, especially, you know, every kid needs you, but there are, there are kids that need you more than others. Mm-hmm. And um, the ones that really needed me when I was at, you know, the great James Madison High School in South Dallas, man, those kids needed, mm-hmm. they needed a, a a role model that looked like them, that, uh, let me mute this, mm-hmm. that looked like them, that uh, understood what education, the purpose of education, understood how to live their life, understood how to be a good daddy, a good husband, uh, how to make money the right way valued education they needed to see somebody that looked like them that understood all that and they could show them that Mm -hmm. 
So it was more than just, uh, you know, I say in my videos, it's more than ABCs and one, two, threes. It's about speaking life to kids and showing them uh, their purpose in life. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was that kid, man. I don't know if you know my story, but, you know, a lot of people know it now, but I couldn't read till I got to the sixth grade. Really? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm from a small town in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And uh, my dad was the head coach out there. So everybody loved my dad. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was a typical kid. I was lazy. I mean, you know, kids don't do anything unless you make them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, kids are very egocentric. And so uh, very few kids are self-driven. Mm -hmm. And I was the one that I just wasn't self-driven. And if my teacher didn't make me do it, I wasn't going to do it. Mm -hmm. And my parents were busy educating other people's kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was really at home by myself with my two older brothers, but they were doing that thing. And so my teachers basically said, I mean, that's little Nivens. You know, he don't give you no trouble. Mm -hmm. Put him in the back. Leave him alone. He'll leave you alone. You know, we all love his daddy. So, mm. but man, I couldn't read, man. Then I had a teacher in the fourth grade that would uh, put me in front of the class and make me read in front of the class, knowing I could not. Mm. And so then she would laugh at me with the other kids. And I still remember her face. Every day she laughed at me. Um, wow. And it hurt my feelings, man. It, like, killed my spirit. Hmm. And I had a friend named Michael. And, uh, you know, I was always a little short, fat, nappy-head boy. And Michael was a little short, fat, nappy-head white boy. <laughs> we were the best, best, best buddies, man. And so Michael <laughs> would whisper the words to me. Oh. Uh, read. And so, uh, and so, yeah, so then I got to sixth grade, man. And I met this teacher named Ann McKinney, man, and she changed my life. And she was like, you're not going to come. You're not going to leave her not being able to read. You, you're much more valuable than that. And so she she started speaking life to me uh, in sixth grade. Hmm. And, and it was a non-negotiable. My success was a non-negotiable to her. Hmm. And she was a little older, you know, white lady. Mm-hmm. Man, just just fell in love with me and just loved on me all the way till I got to the league. And uh, then she wow. passed away. But she stayed in touch with me. And uh, when I signed my first contract in the league, she said, see, now you can read your contract. Oh. So, uh, yeah, man, so I was that kid. I was that kid. Even though I came from a very educated family, mm -hmm. two uh my mom just passed away a couple years ago. My parents were together, man, 55 years. Wow. And I knew what a great marriage looked like, a Christian marriage looked like, a great daddy, a great mama. They loved us. I had all that at home. Hmm. Uh, but I still needed a teacher to save my life. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why I'm so passionate about it, man, because teachers, they save lives, man. And so it's a, this thing ain't just a job, man. It's a calling. It's a ministry. It's a, it's a mission. It's a purpose. Wow. You know, I was that kid. I had everything. We was broke. We was poor. We was in the country, but I didn't know it. I, mm -hmm. I still hit every day. I didn't ha I had what I needed. Um, and so I was that kid that people say, you know, he's got a great home life. Mm -hmm. Here I am in school, man. I'm struggling academically. I can't read or write. Hmm. And nobody knew it. And the ones that did know it didn't care. Wow. Uh, teachers that did that knew it didn't care. And so, you know, I'm here. For all kids, but there are certain kids that need us more than others. It and makes so, it makes me think about you as um when you were a high school principal. You know, you were 
well, I guess the best way to say it, you were pretty firm <laughs> with, with your <laughs> expectations for teachers and anybody else that came in the building. People say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and, and it makes sense now because, you know, if, you, if you've lived that and you've had teachers that you knew did knew that you couldn't read and and didn't do anything about it. You know how a system could have teachers in there just kind of going through the motions. And the same time you still you saw a teacher who did believe in you and did everything to help you. And so like I can understand that more clearly now why you would be that that firm with it, you know, cuz the expectations are to look everybody in here can learn and everybody in here can do better, but you have to do your part. And yeah. that's, that's pretty amazing. And even if you don't want to learn, I'm making you learn. And if you don't want to, you got to get out of my building. That's right. That's right. I'm, I'm going to see you. You're going to learn. You're going to, you're going to be successful. I'm going to drag you kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still my they as superintendent is like, and I just told our whole district of parents that I was like, you know, if our expectations of your kid are higher than yours, then either we need you to step out the way mm-hmm. or you probably move. Mm-hmm. We dragging kids, kicking and screaming to be successful. We're not going to let anybody just come in here and sit on their tutor and do nothing. Wow. And it, it happened. Uh, because, man, I mean, I, I've been given a higher calling and a higher purpose, and so I know... I know I'm set up for success. I'm not doing anything that I shouldn't be doing. So, mm-hmm. I think it's amazing too to hear, you know, just on a different note, as a father, to hear you say how much you respected your your father and you did what he said. You know, and he here you are in college, could do whatever you want to do for the most part, you know, and you you chose to follow your your father. It sounds like uh, some humility and some respect. Um, and for the, for the listeners, they may not know you're, you're a big man. (laughs) You you, you know, you, you wouldn't expect that you expect people to be listening to what you have to say in, in here you are uh, humble enough to follow uh, your father and what he tells you to do. Yeah. Well, you know, like we said, you know, a lot of guys that look like us don't have the privilege of having a daddy in the house, especially nowadays. Yeah. To see the example, uh, you know, my mom was unmedicated bipolar. Mm-hmm. Uh, childhood was very difficult. Mm-hmm. So difficult that when I turned, when I went to college, I told my daddy, I'm never coming back here. Wow. But I never saw him raise his hand, raise his voice. Uh, man, he only loved my mama. Mm-hmm. And, and it was very difficult at times. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he just, he he was just an epitome of what a man is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my daddy. I mean, you know, to this day, that's my daddy. Wow. You know, and so whatever he says, even to this day, he calls me nowadays. He still calls me today and says, you know, hey, son, this is how you be a good superintendent. This is what you should do. Hmm. And he's always about speaking life and, and building up people and empowering hmm. teachers and empowering kids and I'm like, man, I'm 46. I've been doing this for a minute, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Listen, I say, yes, sir. That's yeah. right. Yeah, man, that's that's my daddy, man. I love him. That is amazing, man. That is amazing. Just me personally, I, I my admiration and respect is growing exponentially just hearing that. 
Google, if you Google my name, you'll see him too. Because when he retired, they named him after him. Uh, George Bush went to his retirement reception. Really? Yeah, because my dad taught their kids. And, what? And, oh, and what? 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 Uh, what school district was he in? Austin, Austin ISD. Oh, okay. okay. He moved to Austin. When I was in high school, so I graduated from Austin High School in Austin, in uh, Texas. Mm-hmm. So when he retired. Uh, they they came to his reception, man, because he taught all their kids, and man, they got a scholarship named after him. They named the gym after him. They've asked him to come and sub and talk to kids, and he's like a living legend, man. That dude, what a legacy! He set the bar high, man. So he told me when he said, "Son, when you go out there, don't you mess up my name." <laughs> <laughs> that is right. Hey, I I believe in that. That is amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did not he's, know that. He's big time. Wow. Well, you know, tell me a little bit more about about this confidence because you know you said. You had a teacher that knew you couldn't read and did that to you and sort of hurt your spirit. And you, you said you had that friend that, that helped you. What 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 was there a point where you sort of started to believe in yourself or did you always believe in yourself along the way? No. Uh you know, and I talked to kids today about, you know, self esteem comes from yourself. You know, mm-hmm. social media is so popular today. Because people have to find validation from other folks. Mm-hmm. That's why you got to judge on how many likes you get and all that stuff. And I, we know we talk to kids about your self-esteem comes from you, but it also comes from the people closest around you. And so, you know, we talk to parents now about speaking life to your kid. So they hear from you, the people closest to them, that they should believe in themselves first. So mm-hmm. um, I, had, I had self-confidence in everything other than the academic realm of my life. I was a good athlete already. Mm-hmm. I could run, jump. I could fish. I could hunt. You know, I grew up in the country, so I could shoot real good. Mm-hmm. Man, I could shoot real good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could do a whole lot mm-hmm. except read or write. And so when that came up, then I just cowered down like a little baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when she started speaking life to me and I started experiencing success, that's where my confidence came. Um, mm-hmm. And then the more and more my confidence grew and then she just stayed with me, like high school and then college and then and then the league, man. She just she's just always in my ear. Hmm. Just like, you know, you're valuable, you can do this. Look at how far you've come. I'm so proud of you. You know, you're a little country boy from I'm a little country boy from Oklahoma with a doctorate. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It was twelve kids it was twelve kids in my graduating class before I moved to Austin. Oh, and wow. I raised pigs and worms growing up, man, and couldn't read. Now I'm sitting here a superintendent of a very diverse district and um, a doctorate degree, man. That that is that needs to be in a movie. Like, that's because, that's because of Ann McKinney. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not, not giving my parents credit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, she saved my life, man. Wow. It did because by the time they would have found that, it'd probably been too late, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it wasn't my success was non negotiable to her. Mm. So, did you? So, like, even once you, you know, got out of college and you, you, um, played in the league for a little bit there and, and you said that it was taken from you and you, you started teaching, at what point did you 
figure out what you wanted to do in education. I mean, it's. <laughs> uh, my wife was charging me up, man. So, you know, I believe that, uh, you know, and the older you get, the more spiritual you become, of course. Mm-hmm. I just believe that she was sent to me. Mm-hmm. By, and, you know, God speaks to me through her often. Mm-hmm. So I pay attention to what she says. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes, you know, our wives will say some things. You're like, man, where, where did you get that from? Mm-hmm. They, they, they got some spiritual wisdom. And so, you know, any brother out there listening that you trust your wife, I suggest you listen to her. <laughs> yes, I do too. <laughs> but so I would come home and complain, man, when I was a teacher. And I'd say, you know, the guys next to me in the rooms next to me, they're not grinding for kids. They're not helping kids. And, you know, kids, kids want to come hang out in my room because nobody's going to fight in my room. Nobody's going to hoop, holler, cut. It's going to be peace in my classroom. Mm-hmm. And the kids were like, Coach, can I come hang out here, man? Because them dudes trying to get me. And I said, come on. And, you know, and I so and I'll try to help them out and try to mediate all that. And so my wife was like, you know, you complain too much. You might need to be a principal. <laughs> so you can uh, so you can dictate who's in front of kids. Mm. And I said, you know what? You're talking crazy. Look, I'm going to do it. And uh, so I did it. And then saw the influence that I was able to have as a principal. And then I realized as a principal, there were other principals who I thought they weren't doing anything. And they had hundreds or a thousand kids up under them suffering. Mm. So I said, man, it's, a, it's other principals in this district, man. They're not grinding for kids. Mm. She looked at me. She said, hey, you need to become a superintendent. I said, you know what? You're right. <laughs> So my ultimate step is to be the Secretary of Education for the United States of America. That's what I was about to say. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, you know, the, has she been talking to you about uh, uh, getting in a higher position? Because I can see, uh, see you going to the state and going to, to the has. national level. She has. Uh, we still have a lot of work to do out here, man. I love this place out here, man. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, is a, that is amazing. You know, your example... Even if you don't know that story, you know, I've I've sort of uh, worked with you in, in different roles and sort of watched you from afar. And on the outside, you know, it's very easy for somebody to misunderstand you. Uh, but when you look at the fruit and you look at the things that you've been able to do, you can see that something is driving this man to to do it. And he's doing it at a level that other people aren't doing it. So it's something different. It's something different. And, you know, so, so would you say that, that, uh, that experience with that, with your teacher teaching you to read is really what's still driving you today? Or did you have other experiences that really drive you? I had another one. Uh, so by far she, she, she's up there, Miss McKinney. Uh, mm-hmm. but there was another one, man. It's very, it's very simple lesson I learned, but it's so powerful. I still live by it today. So, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, you know, I'm a, I'm a big dude. I'm six five, and I'm I'm over a couple of hundred pounds for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I was always a lineman. So for all your mm-hmm. listeners, you know, I was mm-hmm. one of the field. And uh, so I was playing JV football in high school, and I went to pick up my pants, mm-hmm. my uniform pants. We had a game that day. There were three big boys on the team. They only had two pair of 3X pants, and they had one pair of 2X pants. Mm-hmm. 
So whoever got there last got the two X pants. Mm. None of us could fit the two X pants. They were, I mean, you know, we mm. needed them. So I got there, um, and Coach Mo gave away the the three X pants. So I got the two X pants. Mm -hmm. So I went to my dad because my dad was coaching at the high school where I went to. I said, "Say, man, Coach Mo gave away the three X pants. Man, I can't, I can't wear these pants." And man, I, his comment, Jeff, I tell you what, he said, "Son, uh, that's because you're not playing any good football." Hmm. He said, if you, "If you play good football, the coach will never forget your pants." Hmm. He said, "So make people. You got to perform so where people would never forget you." Hmm. Wow. I live by that today. So you will never forget whoever I touch would never forget Roosevelt Nivens. That's right. That's how hard I'm trying to make sure that I leave a mark, I leave a legacy. Because um, you're going you're gonna to follow three areas. You're going to be people's favorite. You're going to be the worst, or they're not going to remember you at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I want to be the favorite. They're mm -hmm. not going to be the worst. You know, you, you think but that the not remembering you at all is probably the worst one of all. Because you had no influence at all. At least exactly. the worst person told you what not to do. Exactly. And so, man, he said, son, it's because you're not playing a good football, man. Hmm. I said, man. And I mean, that hit me to the core. Mm -hmm. And man, and something flipped in my head. And uh, I went out there and uh, a senior, I was a, I was a sophomore, and a senior did something to me. And man, I just flipped. And mm -hmm. it just Something just happened. It just clicked. And the senior did something to me, man, and I snapped. And from that day forward, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be anybody's stepping stone. I'm I'm going to be the best. I'm going to do the best because I am the best. And, you know, it wasn't an arrogant thing. It was mm -hmm. like, I have a purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, and my purpose now, you know, I realized in my age is to, to make sure everybody I touch, kids and adults included, that they are better. Mm -hmm. I've somehow made their life better. Mm -hmm. Somehow. You're not going to forget Roosevelt Nimitz. I'm, I'm going to grind it out. Mm -hmm. I ain't going to say I'm working harder than you, but you ain't working harder than me. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Definitely. You know, I, I, I like that idea of uh, giving. You know, it's like, um, you know, in, in, the, in the heart of what you just said to me is you want to make sure you give to everybody you come in contact with. Give life to them. Yes, that yeah. that service and that is uh that's a real that's real leadership. I mean, my experience is that's been real leadership when people are going to do everything in their power to to help you improve. Yeah, that's leadership. Yeah. Well, are there are there any people today besides your, your you know your father and your your teachers that and your wife they all of which I think are excellent um, sources of inspiration. Um, that you look to today is, you know, hey, these are some pretty good um, leaders or pretty good educators that, that you, you you admire? Uh, well, you know, closest to me, uh, uh, you know, of course, you know, McFarland, Michael McFarland, who, who was superintendent at Lancaster when I left. Mm -hmm. He was there when I was a high school principal and he promoted me. He, he really helped me uh, hone my skills mm -hmm. uh, as an administrator and as a leader, mm -hmm. uh, 
definitely him. There are, there, there are some other folks that are, that are superintendents and retired superintendents that I've watched uh, of all eth- ethnic backgrounds, mm-hmm. you know, all races and, and genders. You know, I have a female, lady, uh, female, uh, and you know her, uh, Dr. Marable. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Marable really cared about me, and she really uh, helped me understand you get flies with honey, then you, more flies with honey than you do vinegar. Because, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. like you said, my expectation was very was my expectation was my expectation. Mm-hmm. Uh, she helped me understand how to say it better so it can be received better. Mm-hmm. Uh, from afar, you know, uh, I'm going to definitely say I've never met the man. I wish I could. Uh, is Barack Obama? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a guy be attacked. Uh, by an entire country like he has and still publicly have the grace and the professionalism and the elegance and the charm that he always approached it with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm a superintendent. You know, I got 2,500 kids and I'm in a large school district and this dude is the president of the United States. So I can imagine, Mm -hmm. I can imagine the international pressure and threats and dangers and issues that he's dealing with always dealt with it first class mm-hmm. so you think about him uh said man i mean you know you, you have no choice public i mean political affiliation doesn't matter and you just see how this dude just responded to to adversity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the, the last one is dr tony evans who was at oakland bible fellowship oh, yes. And he was a mentor of mine when I was in Lancaster. Uh, and I would have issues and I'd be able to call him. He talked me through it, but he was another one. Uh, just full of wisdom. Uh, yeah, just full of wisdom and, and spoke life to me and just talked about my purpose. And uh, I always reiterated that, you know, you know, back then I was Mr. Nivens. He's like, Mr. Nivens, you got 2,000 kids on your tutelage. You have to get it right. You know, and so, yeah, those are the, other than the ones I mentioned, those are the ones, but, you know, the one I would love to meet one day is, you know, definitely uh, former President Barack Obama. He, dude, man, the dude was just unreal. Wow. Yeah, let's let's see if what we can do to work, make that happen. Now, <laughs> <laughs> now that would be amazing to. Uh, would be. To, to, to meet uh a former president, uh, any former president, but definitely um, President uh, Barack Obama. Well, hey, you know, I appreciate um, your you spending time with us and talking to uh, to us about your story. I think your story is powerful, and um, you know, for for the listeners out there who who may not um, get the chance to work with you or haven't worked with you, uh, I can I can speak to you know how impactful you you can be on a person you know um your physical presence is one thing but you know besides any of that the work that you do stands out uh, taller than you are you know and and uh, definitely is something to admire i mean i would definitely put you in that list of, of people to to admire and to look to and you and even in, you've been helpful to me in my career and you know just been a sounding board and and like you just said, you know, speaking uh, life to people, really giving people a chance to to believe in themselves and 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 recognize what they do. So I definitely appreciate what you do in education and what you do uh, in life. And 
and I appreciate you spending time with us. Well, I appreciate the invite, man. It, it, it means a lot when people come back and ask, so uh, I appreciate that. It means it means we're doing something right. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Well, I know you're the superintendent uh, of uh, Community ISD, but is there any other way that uh, people can connect with you or any other projects you want to let the listeners know about? Uh, yeah, so, you know, man, everybody around here has my cell phone number. Uh, I give parents, I give everybody my cell because I always want to be accessible to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I tell my parents, I'm not changing any decisions, but I can help you navigate the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can, because we're dealing with their kid. And that's the, mm-hmm. you know, they love the kid like I love mine. Mm-hmm. Man, it hurt if you mess with mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want our parents to feel comfortable knowing that the leader of that school district loves their kids uh, like they're his own. Mm-hmm. Nobody from outside this district can come in here and touch any of my babies, white, black, brown, Hispanic, purple. They are all my babies. And so if anybody needs me, they can always call me on my cell, which is uh, 972-843-1056. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the number that they can call me on. It reaches my, my cell in my pocket. Uh, but man, we just trying to become a destination district. So you know, any any powerful educators out there that love kids like I do and want to be in a supportive environment, they can holler at me mm-hmm. because we we want kids to be successful. If if you're lazy and you don't like to work, don't don't call me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And you you are let's see, community is that in Region Ten? Yeah, we're in Region Ten. Region Ten. Region 10? Yeah, so we're looking forward to seeing uh, Superintendent of the Year. Yeah, That's, hopefully so. Yeah, no, we, we got to see that. That's got to happen. But so. I nominated my board for Board of the Year, and they won. They won the Region 10 Board of the Year. Mm-hmm. Now we're in the top five school boards of the state of Texas. And so That's uh, awesome. Next week we'll know, and I'm just claiming it, next week they'll be named the, the top school board of the year. That is amazing. Well, that's a that says a lot about how you all function and work together. I mean, the great that, team, so great that team. is amazing. We, we have a board that the the people out here elected a great board because they love kids and they want to make sure we do right by them. And so, mm-hmm. the top leadership of this district, our number one focus is our is our, our students. Mm-hmm. And you can't go wrong when it's like that. It's not a political thing. It's not. It's it's our kids, all of them, not just a certain set of them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a utopia for me because mm-hmm. I'm with people that are passionate about student success. Definitely. And how long you been in uh, community? Four years. Four years. Been here four years as superintendent, and so I've already beat I've already beat the, <laughs> the average of a superintendent's life expectancy. That's right. That's right. It's only last two point three years. Yes. So I've been here four. I got a five year contract. A new another five year contract. So. Oh, that's amazing. They want me here. I want to be here. My kids love it. My wife loves it, man. So it's, it's a great place. That is amazing. Well, I'm I'm very happy for you and uh, dare I say proud, but I definitely uh appreciate appreciate you sharing that story with me and um and uh offering your support. So Yeah, anytime, man, whatever you need. You know, when Jeff Miller calls, you answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Dr. Miller calls, you answer the phone. Oh, yeah. Hey. Well, that does it for this episode of the Purpose Driven Educator. Thank you for tuning in. And if you haven't done so, please go ahead and subscribe to the show and give us a like. 
We'd love to hear more from you, the listeners. So reach me on Twitter at Dr. Jeffrey Miller or Instagram, Dr. Jeffrey Miller. You can also go to the show website, PurposeDrivenEducator.com and leave a question or comment. Thank you for tuning in. So until next time, stay driven.